Good morning. Emphasis on good, huh? That has been good. That worship was awesome this morning, and the message by Bill, that was amazing. Wow. It's a, it's a shame to not believe in miracles while you are one. <laughs> that messed me up, man. That was... <laughs> I'm like, that's a really good point. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to borrow that one. (laughs) So, ah, so good and wow, that just uh, the worship, worship team, awesome. Just uh, oh, and I just, I love how they just were, were pulling us into to realms of depth and just breaking it open and then bringing it back to the heart of the Father and then breaking it open and just, wow, just uh, just layer upon layer and just taking us deep into his presence. And, and uh, it was a great word, great, great word that, that, uh, that Bill just gave. And, and just being aware of, of God in, in, all, in all of life and all of its processes. And I... Uh, you know, I've I've said it a bunch of times, and I just feel this this overwhelming sense of of peace and rest and uh, just contentment in the Lord. And uh, I know I know for myself, I just I know that place of feeling like okay, I've arrived when there's just this deep contentment. You know, like oh, whatever's going on, you know, Paul says he, he, you know, he learned how to abound and he learned how to abase whatever situation he was in. He learned how to be content. And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter what's facing you. For me personally, I'm like, it could be cha- crazy, chaos. It could be whatever, the, the largest miracles needed, whatever. But it's like when I've, when I've passed into that place, where it's like, oh, nothing else matters. I just have the contentment of God. And I just feel that perfect love that just casts out all fear and and so we actually I'm gonna have my wife Renee come up and share a bit and uh and uh she's got a great word just on uh the rest of the Lord uh, but uh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray and and uh and then turn over to her for a bit so let's just put our hands on our hearts and wow thank you father I thank you for what you have stored up for us. I thank you for where you're taking us. And God, I just thank you for just the, the great contentment and peace of the Lord. God, just let it rest on us, God. God, Jesus' name. God, I thank you for just open up the realm there where all things are possible. Yeah, thanks, Papa. In Jesus' name. And so, yeah, this is my amazing, beautiful wife, Renee, and um and it, as as well as anybody I know, she just carries that contentment and, and rest in God and just awareness of Him in, in all things, you know. And uh, whether it's uh, chasing babies, or, you know, changing diapers or speaking or whatever, she does it all well. So, yep, here you are. morning. This is my first time in the South, so 
I feel like I want to put on like this accent. I can't really do it properly, but I love y'all's accent. It's like the funnest. Um, <laughs> it's so cool. Confession, I've been watching this TV show that's based in Alabama, and I've just been dying to speak with a southern accent. So I'm so excited to be here. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like living in a movie. So very exciting. Okay, how's everyone doing? Good? You feeling all refreshed and rejuvenated after the last couple of days? Yeah? Can I just get a show of hands of how many people in here are leaders? Like you're leading uh, a ministry, a business, a church, um, anything. A family, anything? Yeah? Cool. We're all leading someone, right? Yeah? Amen. I feel like this message that I just um, want to share with you is it's so important for the body of Christ, but I feel like it's so central and so um, so much more important for leaders because sometimes we can get so busy doing things and everybody else's emergencies can become your emergencies, am I right? <laughs> we pastor a group of 42 itinerant ministers back in Bethel, and I'm sure Joaquin's told you a little bit about it, but it's like herding cats, so it's very... It's very good. It's very challenging. And as you can imagine, 42 itinerant ministers, they're the ones who are always used to holding the microphone. And let's just say that their personalities are often the D personalities and they're like, you know, the boisterous kind of personality. So it's very challenging um, in different ways than it would be leading a church, but in, in a lot of the same ways as well. So we have had to get really good within pastoring those people and also with traveling a lot with two toddlers. We've had to get really good at learning how to rest. And I feel like this is a journey that Joaquin and I are still on, but we're getting better at it and um, we continue to press in for it. But we really just want to abide in this place of rest when it comes to doing the work of the Lord. Like we never want to be able to work out of a place of lack we always want to be, you know, ministering to people in the place of overflow. And as a result, we need to be filled up. And um, we, do, we have some really just practical ways that we do that, you know. Um, like we're bringing the spiritual into everyday lives and pedicures make everyone relaxed. Amen. Well, makes me relaxed. I'm like, this is definitely spiritual, this right here. <laughs> the Lord loves pedicures. Come on. I'm, I'm actually going to, he might kill me for this later, but I actually convinced Joaquin to get one once. <laughs> we're in Australia, and he told me it's only because we were in another country, and he hated every minute of it. He was like squirming the whole time. It was hilarious. I can't get him back though, so I have to do them all. Um, can you guys turn to Psalms 91 for me? Most of you are teachers in here, and I'm sure a lot of you, um, you know, a lot of you know the whole cause and effect thing that we have happening in the Bible a lot. You know, different examples, especially throughout the New Testament, where the Lord, you know, gives us commandments or he gives us instructions and, you know, do this and this will happen. I mean, the Proverbs are filled with them, right? And um, in Psalm 91, I just want to start from the beginning. In verse 1, he said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the NIV version actually says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And then it has lots of good stuff in that Psalms where it talks about he will be our defender and he will, you know, protect us and he will keep us from harm from our enemies. But then we skip down to verse 9 and he's, oh, sorry, not verse 9, um, verse 14. And it says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. And the Lord actually talks about that he knows that we love him. And it doesn't actually say within that verse, doesn't have a person proclaiming, that, proclaiming their love for the Lord. It's actually the way that the person has positioned themselves that speaks about their love for the Lord. So the Lord is saying, I know that you love me because of the way that you choose to position yourself. You choose to position yourself in my shelter. You know, you choose to rest in me. And because you do those things, I know that you love me. And isn't it our goal in this life, if anything else, is to love the Lord as much as we can with everything that we have? So if that's our goal, then it would serve us really well to learn how to rest well and show him our love through that. Amen? And, and rest and trust are really different. We sometimes read them as the same thing in Scripture, but it's really different. And I loved what Pastor Bill said about, you know, using the Sabbath day to actually just press the reset button and make God central again throughout a whole week. It's not just about the one day, it's about the whole week. And I feel like he just, he really wants us as leaders to get this. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of research on rest, and um, some of the universities have done a lot of studies on the benefits of rest, like for your physical being and for your spiritual being. But you, did you know that these are the things that we need rest for? In order to process the following emotions and to have the ability to actually process identity, moral and ethical decisions, and discernment of human behavior, we need to have rest. We can only process those things in a state of rest. I'm going to say them again because this is huge for revival. It's identity, moral and ethical decisions, and discernment of human behavior. Now, I love revival. I'm, you know, Joaquin told some of the leaders that I wasn't <laughs> so into revival when I, first came to, when I first came to Bethel. I was a little bit like, oh, my gosh, people rolling around on the ground just wasn't really, you know, in my normal, so to speak. Um, and then I married the craziest one of them all. So it's all normal to me now. <laughs> but um, it really wasn't. And I just began to, I began to ask the Lord, I'm like, I really love revival, but I just hate the fact that it always ends. Like, I've done all the research, like we read all the books of God's generals, and we talk about John G. Lake and William Branham and all these amazing God's generals. And a lot of the times, the revival ends for some reason. And I began to even look back on these people's lives, and I was like, okay, God, give us clues from their mistakes so that we don't have to make the same mistakes. Because I want revival so that my children's children's children can re enjoy revival. Amen. We're in it for the long haul and not just for the time that we're alive. And so some of the cool things that I was reading was, well, it wasn't really cool. But um, people like, it was William Branham specifically. And, um, oh gosh, I'm having a mind blank. What's the Zion guy? 
Dawi, some of the key points that were made about their lives were that they didn't know how to rest. You know, Mariah Woodworth Edda would caution Dowie, saying, you need to learn how to rest because you're going you're gonna, to like fizzle out soon if you don't know how to learn this. And he just kept going and going and going. And William Branham kept going and going and going. And neither of them learned how to rest. They did amazing works, but isn't it a bummer that that could have kept going? I mean, just because they didn't learn how to rest, it stopped. Those incredible revivals ended. And, you know, you start to look at some of the reason why these great revivalists actually fell. And I tell you what, I bet you you can put every single one of those into three categories. They didn't know their identity. They didn't know how to process moral and ethical decisions. And they were unaware of the discernment of human behavior. And it's crazy that that still has to happen like when we know all of this information, when we've, we've had all the research, and it's kind of like bringing that, um, the secular into the sacred and not having that divide anymore. I mean, we've been taught all of this benefits of rest, yet the church still won't run if we're not there. Our ministries still won't stand if we're not there. If we don't tend to this need right now, I mean, we kind of make ourselves the savior sometimes, you know? Like, sometimes we're the savior of our own ministry, and, and it depends on us. And it doesn't. It doesn't. I believe that there is the good work of the kingdom. We work hard to spread the gospel and to preach the gospel. We, you know, we, we definitely have days where we fall into bed exhausted more times than not, especially having toddlers and doing ministry. And, you know, so we, I have a high value for work ethic when it comes to ministry and when it comes to the gospel. But I have a really high value for rest. And, you know, the ways of the world tell us to just keep working, working, working. But it's not the way of the kingdom. You know, it's that whole, it's whole, that whole saying of work smarter, not harder. And working smarter is getting Holy Spirit involved. Amen. And I just, I love as well in Matthew how Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think that that's, that's a really key scripture that the Lord speaks to us. And I think that rest is so important to him that he talks about rest so many times throughout this Bible. Throughout this book, not only does the Lord speak of rest and entering into rest, but even in the Old Testament, you hear about David. He's writing Psalms about entering into the Lord's rest. It's so important, you know, and in a day and an age where everything vies for our attention, there's social media, there's people, there's, there's good things. There's good things. But in order for us to have the room and the ability to say yes to the best things, we have to say no to some things. You know, I used to be really, um, it was really hard for me to say no because I kind of grew up in a people-pleasing kind of um, culture. And I remember when I first started doing ministry with Joaquin, <laughs> I, I laugh about it now, but, um, you know, he would be in a setting like this and it would all be, you know, filled. And at the end of the session, everyone's lining up and they all want prayer. For some reason, people still think that 
you know, the preacher has a different Holy Spirit than the rest of the ministry team. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so the whole of the church would be filled waiting for prayer. And like, Joaquin, after like, you know, 10 people, he's like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, babe, we can't go. Look how many people are waiting for prayer. And he's like, i got to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and come and preach again and do this all again the next day. And I'm like, babe, what if this is their one time that they're going to get a miracle? Like, what if they, like, came from, like, hours away and this is their opportunity to get prayer? Like, you can't leave while these people need prayer. <laughs> and he'd be like, I'm going to burn out if I don't. Like, I'm looking at this in the longevity, not just in the next half an hour, you know. And so I would get really offended when he would when he would want to leave when there were still people who needed prayer. <laughs> and then, so I've been like traveling now with him for almost four years. And um, so it's still not that long, but I've definitely gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, let's cut this line. I'm taking him. And he's like, babe, I, I can pray for one more person. I'm like, nope, we're going. Because <laughs> I know what he's like and I know how he operates when he's operating in the overflow. And I know how he operates when he's operating in lack. And I've literally seen the difference of the grace that's available to him in the two spots. And it's incredible. And so to say no to a couple of people one night, it just means that he's filled up for the hundreds the next day. You know? So even just really practical things that we need to start teaching ourselves, like we're not someone's only chance for a miracle. You know, and I know that the Lord specifically tells us in moments to go and pray for someone and, you know, and that we're to do that. But God is so much bigger that even if we're disobedient, even if we're tired, even if we just blatantly don't do it, he will get someone else. See, he doesn't love someone just as much as you're obedient to him. He's not like, well, I I love you so much, Rich, that if Renee will pray for you, you'll get healed. But if she doesn't, Sorry, like, bummer, you know. He's just, he's not, I'm sorry, am I allowed to say that word in church? Okay. I don't know, we're a little bit more casual with our language in Australia, and sometimes I get in trouble for that. I'm like, oh gosh, that didn't go over too well. <laughs> my friend, okay, this is a rabbit trail, but my friend in first year was like, you cuss a lot. And I'm like, what? And we don't even call it cuss, but apparently there's this one word that I that we say in Australia all the time that, Christian, no Christian, and it's not even a bad word. Well, I don't think it is. <laughs> and anyway, wow, I just kind of dug myself out. It's like, damn it. Like, like you know, do, is that like a really bad, because I like, I stub my toe or something, and I'm like, damn it. And then she's like, you're cussing. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just getting accustomed to the American culture, you know? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but am I getting that? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thanks. I need grace. (laughs) So I just want to encourage you as much as I possibly can to really get the practice of rest down pat in your life. If you're looking to do revival for the longevity, this is something you're really going to need to get good at. Because I tell you what, I don't know about you guys, but when I don't rest, I'm just not that happy a person. I'm just a way nicer Christian when I've rested. Can anyone get an amen? Seriously. (laughs) When I've had a good night's sleep and a cup of coffee, I'm just just nicer to be around. I mean, (laughs) I'm just, I'm not rude if I don't, but I'm just not as chatty. But anyway, so 
I just, Joaquin and I have some really practical examples of learning how to rest that I just want to throw out there because when I say rest, I don't mean just, just be lazy, but at the same time, it's okay if you want to have a day where you do nothing but stay in your PJs and, you know, do w or whatever you like to do, go and do that. But whenever we travel, we always take the day off after travel and we just call it our at-home day. So we can stay in our PJs all day long if we want. Now we have kids, it's a little bit different. We can't stay in bed as much as we want. But, you know, we just, we stay at home. We don't say yes to any meetings. I mean, nothing is, a if no one's dying, it's not an emergency in my book. And I've gotten a lot more, like, staunch in my, my out view of what an emergency is based upon pastoring people. And I'm like, oh, that's not an emergency. That's something that you've been dealing with five years and now it's just blowing up in your face. Like, it's, it's not an emergency. It's just, do you know, <laughs> this, this can wait until tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we, we have to learn how to say no. And someone once said to me that for every, every yes that you say, it means you have to say no somewhere else. So if you're saying yes to someone who you're, you're doing ministry to, then you're saying no to family time or no to your husband or no to, you know, your parents or whatever else it is or no to something else that brings you life. And, you know, as, as we're called to in ministry, we do that and that's our job. Like we have a value for it. We have a passion for helping people. I mean, none of us would be here if we didn't want to see people healthy and whole and on fire for the Lord. I mean, it's all of our goals, right, to get our congregations and our people to a place where, you know, they're able to lead themselves, they're able to clean up their messes, they're able to process pain, but we want to be the people who are here to help them. And the best way that we can do that and the best versions of ourselves are versions where we're, we're at rest, working out of that place of rest, we're not anxious about anything, you know, and we're not working, and I know that all of you guys get the whole grace mentality that we're not working for the Lord for his love you know we're working from his love ministering to people not for his love like if I stay and do pack down I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna do stuff in my local church because the Lord tells me to serve and I have a heart for serving you know and I'm not saying say no to everything because there are things that are important there are things that the Bible tells us to do that you know, actually a life-giving, even if we don't feel like they are. But I am saying, like, just realize that when you say yes to someone else, you're saying no to something else. You know, whether it's, whether it's more time with the Lord or, you know, whatever it happens to be. There's this person that I know, and she's a writer, and she once scheduled into her, she loves writing, it's like her passion, it's her downtime. And she scheduled into her calendar the, her very first writing block. And then she got, um, she got a phone call of a friend and just, you know, I need to process stuff with you, you know, everything's happening in my family and all this kind of stuff. And she said that she looked at the calendar and she had that choice right then. Am I going to keep this commitment to myself that I've, like, carved out this time for me to do something that brings me life? Or am I going to say yes to someone else again and no to myself again? And she actually chose writing, and she's written 17 books as a result of saying no that one time. It just set her on this path of, like, momentum. And so I just, yeah, Grace. 
Well, Keen's like, I've got like 50 books, but I just don't have time to write, write them. And I'm like, say no. <laughs> but, um, so I want to encourage you all. I just want to... Um, I just want to say this this journey is amazing and it's so much more fun if we can do it when we're at peace with ourselves, when we're at rest, when our physical bodies are resting. You know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to take care of our spirits, we better take care of our bodies too. You know, I and that's one of my big passions as well, like, you know, about the secular. And some people look at your look at their bodies as just like a secondary thing. They don't mind spending an extra half an hour in prayer with the Lord, but they don't want to spend half an hour walking or eating properly. You know, and I'm not going to get too far into this because I could preach a whole message on that. But, you know, we really need to take care of our physical bodies. And something about rest gives us the ability to do that even more. And I don't know about you, but, like, stewardship is a big deal in the kingdom. Amen? And if we can steward this even more, how much more anointing, how much more grace is he going to pour upon us if we can learn? You know, John G. Lake's wife died of malnutrition because he kept giving his food away to other people. And, I mean, he was a great man of God, and there is nothing that is discounting the miracles that happened through his ministry. But that should not have happened. What I, do never, I never think that revival should come at the expense of um, our families. Amen. It's one of Joaquin and I's passion that our children grow up loving the Lord and loving ministry and not being burnt out from it. And they travel a lot. I mean, our daughter's done 200,000 miles. You know, she's, she's traveled more than I did by the time I was, like, 25. <laughs> so, so it's really easy. It's really easy to get burnt out when you're just running. And that's just our lives travel. But some of you, it's, it's something else that you need to start saying no to. You know, um, you don't have to save the world. Just do what you can do, but make sure that you rest. Because I tell you what, doing what you can do for 50 years is way better than doing as much as you possibly can for five and then burning out. Amen. And we're in this for the long haul. Yeah. So I think that we should just all take a drink right now. We should all just rest. And as homework this coming week, you just need to take a couple of hours and just do whatever brings you joy. Just rest. If you're a mom, give your kids to your husband. Go out, get a pedicure, <laughs> or whatever it is that you want to do. And if you're a pastor, you know what? Try not to do anything ministry-related for you know a good chunk of time. Go fishing. I don't know what you do here in Virginia. What do you do? Like fish. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Go go and eat. I mean, come on, who doesn't like that? That's awesome. I saw grits on the menu this morning. That was so exciting for me. So, I know it was. <laughs> I know. It's the first time I've seen it in real life. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. I didn't. They, they're a bit, I don't know, they don't look that good to me. Are they tasty? Okay. Okay. Kind of looks like just mashed potatoes, sloppy kind of. 
Is it? Okay. Well, I'll have to I'll have to do it the good way then. Cheese and butter. Oh my gosh, I'm getting hungry. Okay. <laughs> all right, I just want to pray for you all, if that's okay. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you that you have invited us into your rest. And God, any invitation that you give me, I want to take. So God, we just accept that invitation and we just ask that we just enter in to a place of rest where our spirits are at rest. Our spirits are at rest. Our bodies are at rest. God, we want to we wanna serve you. We want to do this for the long haul. So we just ask that you would just give us the ability to learn how to say no. To learn how to say no in the moments, God. Not all the time, but just in the moments where you're really needing us to step aside and be filled up. We just thank you for your grace that covers all of us in every area that we lead, God. We thank you for that just abounding grace that you give so freely. And God, we just, we say that we want to learn from these past revivalists, God. We want to learn. And so we just ask that you would just give us the ability to process our identities, the ability to process moral and ethical decisions, and the ability to discern human behavior that all come through rest, God. Thank you, God. We just fix our eyes on you, God that our identities would be grounded in who you have called us to be, that we would run on the overflow and not on the reserve tank. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you for having me. Good job. Awesome. <laughs> Was that good? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. I married up. <laughs> uh, thank you, Father. <clears throat> yeah, just. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing today. Uh, thank you for what you're doing in us. And, and God, I thank you just for this, uh, that you're nurturing our souls right now. And our spirits, God, and that what we that what we feed on becomes becomes fuel, becomes energy for what we get to give away, Papa. So uh, yeah, we just invite we just invite more of that rest and more of that refueling and more of that recharging, Father. Even over the leaders uh, that are gathered here, Father, and I just thank you for using this time just to um, any kinks in the armor, just from doing. Just from doing battle, from doing the works that you've called called us to do, Father, that you would just massage those out, Father, in this time. Wow. Thank you, Father. And and as Renee said, Father, that in the place of rest, I just pray that, that you'd release an increased capacity to dream and to believe. Wow. Yeah, that we just see things through new eyes. Father, that 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 problems and I'm just feeling this, even persistent problems, God, all of a sudden that new light would come, that new revelation would come, new understanding would come. Father, in Jesus' name, yeah, we thank you for that, God, in advance, and in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, thanks, Lord, wow, more of you, God, ooh, ha, ha, ha.
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Uh, I just want to, I want to continue on this theme a bit, uh, a little bit of a different direction, but, but similarly on this theme, it's just feasting on the Lord, because what we, what we feast on becomes what we get to give away, amen, and, and, uh, you know, Renee said something that just reminded me of our pastor always talks about that, that you have seed and you have bread, and, uh, and you, you're, you can't eat your seed, and in the same way, you're not supposed to give away all your bread, you know, and uh, if you eat your seed, you won't have a harvest, and so, you know, just this, uh, this ability to understand, to ask the Lord, like, God, is this, is this seed or is this bread, and to know what we're, what we're called to give and what we're called to, what we're called to, uh, to ingest, and, and uh, so I wanted to share a bit out of Philippians 4 and and uh, and go go from there and see what God opens up. Thank you, Jesus. Feasting on the Lord. Uh-huh. Uh, how many people know that in Revelations ten nineteen it talks about the testimony of Jesus being the spirit of prophecy, and it's it's the testimony of of Jesus, the person of Jesus, and the works that He's done and. And we, in, in, in our culture, we use it so much that sometimes people begin to take it in the context of like, uh, it, you know, it's the miracle itself. And I talked about it the first night. It, it's, it's, it's not the miracle itself as in, you know, somebody's knee got better, but somebody's knee got better. It just shines light on his nature and his goodness and his, his desire to in, invade our every situation. And that that the testimony speaks to his nature, and when we, when we catch the revelation of his nature, the testimony of somebody's knee being healed can heal somebody else's bank account. They're like, oh, he's that good, he wants to invade my life, and, and, and that revelation just, just op- opens up this realm, and, and I, I tell you that in our environment, we, we, we live and breathe the testimony. And I don't just mean it in, in theory and, you know, when it's convenient. I mean, we live and breathe the testimony. And, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm telling, I'm telling somebody else's story. This is just the environment that I've, I've come into and get to live in. But so much of what's happened, you know, for us back home in Reading is, is the power of the testimony. It's, it's, it's the overflow, the outflow of the power of the testimony. Because it keeps the nature, the dynamic nature of God present and within reach all the time. And, you know, just, you know, I, I love the fact that we have, we have a, a weekly staff meeting, as I'm sure, you know, almost every church in, in the world does. And we have a weekly staff meeting, and Bill and Connie have come and visit, you know. And I've been a, I've been a part of this, this pastoral staff meeting for almost nine years, and every week without fail, there's a minimum of an hour of testimonies of the goodness of God every single week. I mean a minimum. Sometimes, sometimes two hours of testimonies. Like, it just depends on, but every week without fail, and this has been going on for a lot longer than I've been involved, but I've been involved for eight years, and I've never once in eight years, come into that meeting, regardless of whatever's going on, whatever size problem there is, 
not once have I walked in that meeting and said, we got a lot to get done today. Let's just jump right in. Let's, just, let's get into business. we got a lot to get done. It hasn't happened one time in eight years. <laughs> That's a miracle. <laughs> the, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And, and literally, I mean, you know, it's not the biggest church on the planet, but, it, you know, it's 5,500, you know, people. It's, it's a good-sized church. And, uh, and, you know, with all the, the international, um, you know, pool impact, it, it feels bigger than that even. There's a lot of opportunity for problems. You know, there's, like, it's real life. Stuff goes on, you know, there's finance, there's everything, you know, that, you know, that we all understand. It's all going on, but never once, not one single time has it ever been like, hey, we got this really big thing going on. Let's just jump in and start talking about that. Uh, minimum of an hour, it's always, what's the good news? What's God doing? Even with the big problem hovering, you know, the this and the that going on, the financial crisis or the, you know, it, it's always what's the good news? What's God doing? What's he up to? And, you know, you, know, you, you get five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes into like, oh, you know, this happened and this, this tumor disappeared and, you know, and this, we were in the grocery store and all these people got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, and we were in Honduras and this happened and we were here and this happened and, you know, and, and this happened in children's ministry and they saw an angel and all the kids were singing the same song and drawing the same pictures, you know, and you, you get an hour into this and somebody's head grew back on and, you know, it's just like, it's just like, whoa, you know, <laughs> this, it's going on for an hour, an hour and a half, and, you know, and people are crying, and, you know, people are worshiping, thank you, Jesus, and, you know, an hour and a half of that, you're like, what was that problem again? <laughs> wait, wait, you, so you're saying, you're saying all we need is a million and a half dollars in the next three weeks? <laughs> well, that doesn't seem like much of a problem at all. Because we serve this, su this supernatural, wonderful, benevolent, kind, powerful God. Like, oh, let's just make some decrees and let's go to lunch. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really true. And it's, you know, it's been, it's been uh, educational and mind-blowing for me. I love it. Philippians 4, stuff that we... We know so well, <laughs> but the, the rich, dynamic, uh, multifaceted nature of God is that, that we can continually feed off of, off of the simplest yet pro most profound things. Philippians 4, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord when? Always. And just in case we didn't get it, Again, I will say, rejoice. And then we know it well. Let's get verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, 
If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It, it, you know, it doesn't just mean meditate like, like you know, have a happy thought now again. It actually means like, like the, the, the cow that chews the cud and brings it up again and again and re and re-choose and, and re-digest whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is of good rapport, what's the testimony, what's his nature. Like, oh, I've been serving the Lord for 20 years, 40 years, like, but... I need you to tell me again. Tell me about his nature. I teach it, I teach it every Sunday. I travel the world and, and I tell all the people about his goodness, but I need to hear it again. I need to hear it out of a different light, out of a different perspective, and out of a different facet. The, the multifaceted nature of God. I I have I have the facets that I know and the nature that I know and and I get to feed people but people need to feed me tell me again ah you know the, the power to celebrate the most insignificant thing in in our in our perspective the most insignificant thing like it's the most amazing thing becomes the gateway into seeing the most amazing things whoo Man, I tell you, the ability to train your people to celebrate like that. I mean, we saw, we saw, we saw it in the healing rooms, and you know, the ability to celebrate a, a little finger, a little pinky getting healed, as if it was cancer being healed, becomes our access point into seeing cancer healed. God gets excited about those who get excited about Him. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. That, that ability, and you know, some of the things we, we take on board conceptually, like, yeah, that's awesome, and you know, uh, you know, Pinky gets healed, let's give a hand clap. Now, what if we trained our people? What if, like, somebody says, oh, I had pain for three days in my little finger, and, and yeah, it doesn't hurt anymore. People are like, oh, that's awesome. But as a leader, you take advantage of that moment. You're like, no, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We just heard, we just heard a testimony of the nature of the God that we serve, the one who created everything, just came into the environment that you're standing in, and he did a miracle in our midst. That's the most amazing thing ever. Let's stand on our feet and let's give God praise. Like that's the most incredible thing we've ever heard. <laughs> and then everybody stands up and they praise for you know 30 seconds. You're like, come on, let's do it again. I'm getting a lot of blank stares right now. <laughs> Spiritual dynamics, right? Where you know, you, you know, you understand what happens in worship, and you know, let's sing it again, and we're pressing in. What happens when we celebrate the testimony like that? What do you What do you think is happening in the spiritual dynamics? What do you think's happening from the perspective of heaven? Ah, like God. You know, we want to we want to see the cancers healed, and we want to see people get out of wheelchairs. And and I know you guys are are seeing incredible things, but but the, the key the one of the keys to getting more is learning how to celebrate what you have. Yeah. 
and, and learning how to, how to find the nutrients and the nature that's in the testimony of what you have. It, <laughs> the, the nutrients for the person who got in the wheelchair is in the testimony of the pinky being healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, I tell you, what we, what we got really good at doing, and I would, you know, I would, I would tell people all the time, you know, we, we do trainings, and I shared a little bit of the story of our, you know, our healing rooms that where, you know, at the very beginning, people weren't showing up, you know, the two weekends were, Nobody in her prayer team showed up to pray for the sick, and you know that's that's a that's a, that's a rocky start right there, you know. And but but growing to you know there's we have a, we have a thousand just under a thousand volunteers that volunteer in the healing rooms at this at this point. And you know three years ago when I turned it over there were 650 volunteers praying in the healing rooms, obviously in rotation and stuff, and. And, you know, they have between 200 and 600 people that come in for prayer every Saturday morning. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> but, but where we started, <laughs> seven years before that, you know, it, we, we got t we, weekends where nobody on our team is showing up to pray for the sick. But we got really good at celebrating the littlest things. Like they were the biggest things. We got really good at it. And another thing we got good at is we tell people, you don't need to be good at healing the sick to work in our healing rooms. You just need to love the presence. Because he's really good at his job. Amen. <clears throat> Still in Philippians 4, verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then the next verse says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think it just it just feels like there's this just refreshing and even recalibrating that the Lord is doing this morning. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, that reset button, that that Sabbath rest, and I just feel it for myself. I'm like, oh yeah, we're just recalibrating. Oh God, here you are. Because you know we're we're gonna take on come tomorrow we're gonna take on the world again. Come tonight we're gonna take on the world again. It's just like this recalibrating thing. But Paul is talking about just learning this secret in whatever situation he's in. Whether he's in the palace or whether he's in the prison, uh, and I, I know you guys have all preached this. But whatever situation, finding that that main thing, I'm connected. My heart. Where my heart is anchored makes all the difference. I'm connected. You know that 
years ago, I was listening to Heidi Baker, and when we, at, at the house, we were having lunch with the leaders, I was talking about just wearing out Heidi Baker tapes, you know, like well before CDs, you know, and just, just early days, just being hungry and like, oh, God, like, I didn't even know this stuff was all available, but now that I know, I got to ingest it all, you know, and, and uh, just wearing out Heidi Baker tapes, you know, and I just, I'd be at work and listening to, to Heidi on, the, on my Walkman, you know, and I, I'd hide the earbud up my shirt, and I have one earbud in, and I'm working, you know, and, you know, I'd be, I worked at this, you know, fitness center, and I did whatever, sold memberships, worked the front desk, whatever, and, you know, sometimes I'd just be like in this, in this half trance, listen to Heidi, you know, polishing the same spot on the counter for like 40 minutes, yes, God, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, forget if I'm like at work or if I'm in Africa, I'm like just zoned out, you know, and people will like come and tap me on the shoulder, I just turn around, just receive in Jesus' name, you know, like, oh, whoa, sorry, <laughs> A wrong, a wrong place. I'm not in Africa. <laughs> you know, I just just lost in the glory. And, and, I, and I remember Heidi said in one of these messages, she said she asked, she asked God to put her on like a glove. And I was like, you know, I'm like, is that even legal? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that a, is that even a legal prayer? That sounds crazy. Like, where, where did you? Like, Heidi, I love you, but where did you get that from, you know? And, uh, and I'm like, I got to find, that sounds cool, though, so I got to find out, you know? And she actually, she referenced Judges 6, you know, in that, in that message. So I go home, and I look it up, and I'm reading Judges 6, and, it, you know, it's the story of Gideon. And in the story of Gideon, it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. In our, in our English Bibles, but, but when you look it up in the Hebrew, it literally means that the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. The Lord clothed himself with, with Gideon, or that God put Gideon on like a glove. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, it's legal. <laughs> that is a legal prayer and so i press i just started pressing in for the season like god it's legal you did it for heidi you can do it for me you did it for gideon like and so i just started asking god to, to put me on like a glove and it just it, it it led me into this radical encounter like it was amazing but i don't i don't feel like i need to go into the encounter itself but it just it opened up this place of like, oh, another level of the revelation that God is so good at his job. And I, and I remember early on in, in uh, my, my, my kind of traveling, uh, you know, preaching, itinerating stuff, you know, I'd been to Israel a couple of times and, and God had done some phenomenal things, which led to this invitation where, you know, this, this, this gentleman was hosting the first one thing conference, you know, out of Kansas City, they were, they were doing the one thing Jerusalem, and so they were doing this conference in Israel, and, um, and my, my hero, Heidi Baker, the, the headline speakers were Heidi Baker and Lou Engle, and, uh, and then there was me, <laughs> and this was years ago, right, like, I'd still be nervous today, right, but this was years ago, and I'm like, oh my goodness, how you can put me on the same stage as Heidi Baker and Lou Engle? Like, what are you talking about? Like, and so they gave me they gave me fifty minute 
I had two 50-minute sessions. Now, you know, to a room full of preachers, it's hard to even say hello in 50 minutes. But they gave me 50-minute sessions, and, and the theme was, they're like, we want you to do that thing you do. We want you to get everybody activated on the supernatural and, like, ready to take it out on the streets. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, 50-minute sessions in Israel, you know, we're talking about young people who are like, they, they live under the threat of war all the time, like, they don't live, you know, they're not school and ministry students, like, do this in 50 minutes, it's like, I'm like, oh man, and on top of that, it's televised on God TV, <laughs> it's internationally televised, you know, Heidi Baker, you know, the night before, and I'm like, oh, my, this cannot be happening, <laughs> you know, you know that we know that God never leaves us or forsakes us, but it sure felt like he left. <laughs> I could not feel God, find God. I couldn't get my thoughts straight, and I'm just like, I just revert back to that basic powerful prayer, help, help, help. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And, and, you know, my session is drawing near, and, and, and honestly, I was, I was a wreck. I was, like, I was nervous, and I couldn't put two thoughts together. I couldn't remember scriptures that I know inside and out, you know, memory. I couldn't, I couldn't even find them in my Bible. I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't know. I remember going in a, st- in a stairwell, you know, and because the only place I could find to get alone, I'm just like, Jesus, help. And that day, you know, as the session's drawing close three times the person of holy spirit physically came and stood behind my left shoulder and I, you know i'd i'd love to say if i was writing this story i'd love to say like he came and just this peace broke over me and like everything was perfect and i just walked out on the stage like Catherine cool made me like let there be miracles you know and that's not exactly how it happened like like, God came and stood by my left shoulder, and, like, in that moment, like, oh. But then, but then that presence would leave, and you'd think, like, oh, I'd be doing much better. No, I would be right back, and it was as big a mess as I was before. Like, oh, like, what was that scripture again? I, like, and it was just like that all day long. And so my session comes, and I'm still, like, oh, I am so nervous. And, and they have, to make things worse, they have this little box taped off on the ground, for the television cameras, you can't go outside the box. If you do, there's a guy kneeling down with a big TV camera right there, and he's like waving you back, get in the box, you know, and it's like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry, and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, and so this, this session starts, and, and uh, let's be honest, it was, it was bad. <laughs> The first half, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, I'm like fumbling over my words, kind of like last night, but it wasn't the anointing, you know, <laughs> just like, I'm like quoting scriptures backwards, and like, I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, but, you know, 20 minutes into it, I, fart, I start to, <laughs> wow, please, <laughs> Please tell me that is not streaming right now. (laughs) All right. 
I meant to preach this message, not demonstrate it. Okay. Good thing there's grace available. So, oh man, I'm like, what was I saying? I'm really, I am modeling the message right now. And, okay, all right, 20 minutes into it, I start finding my groove. And, you know, grace is starting to flow, and things are, are finally starting to click, and my words are starting to make sense. And, you know, it's like starting to happen. And, 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 and the, you know, there's 1,500 young people at this thing, and, and, like, there's this draw starting to happen in the room, and they're all starting to lean in, like, oh, this is amazing. And, and I'm sharing testimonies and, and, you know, about the goodness of God. And they're like, yeah, this is this is awesome, and I can feel this momentum building, and I can actually feel this excitement. I'm like, I think we can start going towards miracles, but, but you know, my time is up, and, and I'm like, I don't want to, I'm like, I think to myself, I'm just going to preach up till the end. I'm going to build as much momentum as I can, and then tomorrow, I'm going to say, come back. We're going to go after the miraculous tomorrow, and, and so I'm watching. They got this, this electric clock, like, right there, and and there's two minutes left, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to go to impartation. So I said, everybody who's just, who just, you know, your heart's pounding with what I'm saying, you're just excited about this, you want more of this, just stand up. So everybody in the place stands up. And I say, I, and I say, I'm just going to pray impartation, blessing over you. We're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to go after the demonstration of this. But the only problem is that the Holy Spirit was so jealous for his people, he couldn't wait for tomorrow. So they're all standing up, and, and you know, I'm just starting to pray impartation, you know, over the crowd. And, and, uh, but as I'm praying impartation, this, this word of knowledge just drops, but it doesn't, like, drop and go through. It just kind of bounces there, like, I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, I got time for one word of knowledge, you know. I'll just throw it out there and see what happens. And so I throw out this word of knowledge, and another one comes. But while this is happening, there's a young lady sitting about, well, over there further on the front row, but way off to my left. And the night before in worship, she had stepped off some steps and she had, she had broken her ankle. And uh, they had carried, you know, an ambulance came and they carried her out of the meeting and like everybody saw it and like it was, you know, it was a big deal. And, and uh, so she come back and she's got this big air cast on her on her ankle and she's got her foot elevated up on another chair and she's sitting way over here and so I'm just praying impartation you know we got 59 seconds left and but God speaks to her Holy Spirit speaks to her says I want you to stand up on your ankle okay so she she stands up on her ankle and there's no pain and Holy Spirit says I I want you to, to to bounce on your ankle so she's she starts bouncing on her one ankle that she broke the night before, and there's no pain. And she's, and she's like, what do you want me to do now? And she, God's like, take off that cast. So she takes off the cast, and she's like, st- she's jumping up and down on her ankle. She's like, there's no pain. She's like, what do you want me to do now? Holy Spirit says, I want you to dance. So I'm here, right? You know, 30 seconds left, and I'm like, you know, just praying. I got my eyes closed. I'm just blessing the people. I'm just like... It wasn't a complete wreck, you know, and and I hear, I hear, like I'm oblivious, and I hear the crowd go crazy, because what happened is she left her seat and she goes dancing across the stage behind me, 
twirling and spinning the girl who had broke her ankle before. And I turn around like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? And the crowd's going nuts. And miracles start breaking out through the crowd. Like the clock goes to zero and the guy on the television camera, he's like, keep going. We're not missing this. <laughs> and so we end up having 20 minutes, you know, of, of you know, miracles breaking out and deaf ears open up and people healed of car accidents from 12 years ago and all this, this crazy stuff happens. <laughs> Feast, feasting on the nutrients of God. And it can, it can look different. It's supposed to look different. To different. Different times, different ways, different people, different seasons. But, but feeding on the goodness of his nature. All the time. All the time. To, to the point where, I, I know I'm, I'm preaching to the preachers and to the leaders, but all the time, no matter what situation we're in, and it's like, oh, sometimes I just, I have to, I have to uh, take measure myself. Okay, I'm in a really bad situation externally now. How am I internally? That's how I, that's how I know how I'm doing. Not when, like, everything is flowing externally, like, oh, I'm, I'm the man of power for the hour. It's like, no. I'm in a bad, externally I'm bad, so how am I doing internally? Oh, yeah, there you are. Oh, this, wow, there you are. Yeah, you're wonderful. You're God, you're glorious, you're amazing. This is the best day of my life. People are like, what's wrong with you? What about all these problems? I'm like, yeah, but what about him? <laughs> because... Because we, we love, you know, the body. It's one of the most, most, you know, quoted scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But that follows, that follows, it follows Paul's confession that he's learned how to abound. He's learned how to be content in all situations, whether he abounds or he abases. And I actually, I actually, you know, I know my experience is, is not that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, as in, as sometimes I think our people can interpret that as in, as in God is cheering me on. And that God is, you know, He's pepping me up and, and I'm down. And he gives me an encouragement. He gives me a pep talk and it's like, come on, you can do this. I'm like, oh, thanks, Jesus. That's the encouragement I needed to keep going. No. Like Heidi, she said, she said, I I asked God to put me on like a glove. Wow. I can do all things through Christ who steps inside of me, who actually lends his strength, puts himself inside of me, and does it through me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Father. Wow. Father, I thank you. Oh, for the supernatural grace of heaven. Ah, oh, Holy Spirit. We just say come. We just say come. We say spirit of refreshing come. Spirit of increase come. 
Wow, Father, the anointing of heaven come in Jesus' name. Wow. I just invite you to stand up. Wow. If you just want more, more of the strength of Christ through which you can do all things, but not just because he brings you, he gives you a pep talk, not just because he cheers you on, not just like, like, hey, you know, remember who you are in me. You can do this. Like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Like, uh, no, the God who actually, who actually steps inside of us. Wow. All right, you know, I, wow. Whew, oh, holy. <laughs> the reality is that I, I, began, I began to pray that prayer for, for you know, a couple of weeks. Like, oh, the grace of heaven. It wasn't, it, the reality was it wasn't months and it wasn't years. I think I began to pray that for about three weeks. Like, oh, God, come and put me on like a glove. It's legal. <laughs> it's in your word. Wow, you did it for Gideon. You did it for Heidi. Come and put me on like a glove. And there was, there was one night that we were at a, um, you know, it's at a friend's house. And we, you know, we would do these prayer meetings late in the night all the time. And uh, it's just hanging out in the presence, and, and actually just this particular night, I was just, I was the last one there. Everybody else had left, and my friend had actually uh, gone to bed, so I'm there in their living room, just the last one. I'm just laying on the floor, and the presence of God was, it was there. It was sweet. It was awesome, you know, like, oh, God, this is, you're so here, and I was just soaking. I was just soaking, but, but something, something happened in the moment, that night, and the best I, I could describe it, it was like the air in the room had an electrical cord somehow connected to the air in the room, and somebody plugged it in to the outlet. Yeah, thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Papa. Thanks, Papa. Like God plug, it, like that's just the best picture I can give to it. It was like ah, oh, I was soaking the presence of God was there, and all of a sudden the room was so electric it hurt. Like my every muscle in my body was went, went into went into convulsion, like locked up. I I couldn't breathe. I instantly exploded in sweat, just drenching sweat instantly. And, and God just, his hand, I couldn't see it with my eyes, but I could physically feel the outline of, of his hand, fingers. Physically, it came in the room and started to slide up my body. Thank you, Jesus. It was so intense, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> wow. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It's just, it's just, it's just a picture. We don't need, we don't, you don't need to have that encounter because you have Christ in you, who is the hope of glory. Wow. What does it look like <laughs> when the hand of God that comes in you begins to move through you? Wow. Thank you, Father. So, Father, we just thank you for the grace of refreshing right now. In Jesus' name. 
Wow, the grace of refreshing in Jesus' name. And I just feel a bill and Doug. Wow, let's just, wow, if you just come and join me. The grace of refreshing right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, Colony. The grace of refreshing. Wow, yeah. Wow, David, any of the team. Yeah, Lana. Wow, the grace of refreshing right now. Wow. Thank you, Father. Wow, Father, as we feast on the nutrients of God, the multifaceted nature, wow, of our King, wow, that He would just fill us, wow, with the anointing, fill us with grace right now, in Jesus' name, fill us with grace right now, in Jesus' name, fill us with grace right now, Father, in Jesus' name, the hand of God, wow, of His goodness, Wow, yeah, just putting you on like a glove and moving through you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Wow, fire of His grace right now in Jesus' name. Holy, holy, holy fire, yeah. Yeah, get the the back row in Jesus' name, bam, yeah. Yeah, all those crazy, wild revivalists back there, get them in Jesus' name. Yeah, fire of God, (laughs) ha, ha. Wow. Wow, Father. Wow, fire of God. Wow, fire of increase. Wow, fire of increase, God. Wow, even more, even more, even more, even more. Come, flow, come on. Just feast on the nature of God. Just feast on the nature of God right now in Jesus' name. More. Feast on the nature of God right now. Flow. Yeah, feast on the nature of God. Thank you, Papa. Fill. (laughs) Fill with grace and fill with refreshing, God. In Jesus' name. Fill with refreshing, Papa. In Jesus' name. God, whoa, yeah, uh, anybody who, uh, it we, we, I think we went after it yesterday, but I'm feeling again, anybody who's got like a um, deviated septum or any kind of blockage or uh, restriction with the nasal passage, just put your hand right there as we just feast on the nature of God, wow, and anybody with neck pr- pain problem, just put your hand on your neck right now. Wow. Especially in kind of grinding or restricted movement, that type of thing. Wow. We mentioned um, the, the lady, one of the, the lady who got healed in that meeting in Israel. She got healed of a neck, uh, a chronic neck condition from an accident she'd had 12 years previous. She got healed in that meeting. She ended up moving to Reading. After that, and she became the, the director of our dance ministry for the healing rooms and is still, and is still in that role today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, if you're, well, if, oh, yeah. Somebody has in the foot, it's like when you put pressure, when you, when you walk, um, there's pain in the foot area, and you put pressure on it. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, just, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. So the nose, the neck, um, yeah, the, the pressure in the foot area. Thank you, Father. Um, 
I don't know what it's about. I, I, I'm not medically trained. I don't know, but, but some, like, I don't know, down in kind of the lower abdomen area, like off to the side, um, yeah, if anybody experiencing discomfort in that area, if that makes sense. And also the throat, like, um, is something going on in, in the throat? Well, if that's you, just put your hand there. If you got any of those things, we're just going to take just a minute. We're just going to release the nature of God. So if that's you, just put your hand up real quick. David, wow, you got any, David? And if you're around them with their hand up, just go ahead and just put a hand, just put a hand on them and just partner with the nature of God real quick. I feel like God's also healing the ribs. I feel it on the left side, but if it's on the right side, I don't care. You can take that as well. And uh, God's healing the knee as well. Thank you, Father. Yeah, just yeah, just release the nature of God. <laughs> yeah, well, we know how to we know how to be content in all situations. Wow, yeah, Christ. <laughs> wow, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through Christ who is in me. So the the only the only the only regulation for this prayer time is you're not allowed to pray hard. <laughs> You're not allowed to pray hard. Just release grace. Father, right now, next, accidents. Pain from accidents and next, go now, Father. We just, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, wow. Not because we yell or shout, but because it's something you're doing. We just release the grace of heaven right now in Jesus' name. And I command pain to jump off in Jesus' name. Ha, 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 Pain to jump off. Whoa. Yeah. And I just, the tailbone area, the tailbone area. Well, anybody have pain down in the lower, kind of near the tailbone? Just wave. Just wait. Oh, there's a lot of you. Wow. Tailbone area. There's like six people, eight people. Just, just somebody get a hand on them real quick. Father, Yeah. Fire the nature of God. Ho, oh, ha, 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 And sometimes it's helpful just to laugh over the situation. Wow. For no other reason than it, than it fully puts responsibility on God. If all you do is laugh over it, then you know it's got to be grace. It wasn't your powerful, eloquent prayer. Well, sometimes even as leaders, it's good just to go back to the simplest, most basic thing. So, ha, 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 
Hey, buddy. Hey, okay. Hey, all right. We'll have, hey, buddy. We'll, we'll have, we'll have more time tonight uh, to share, do some testimonies. We're, we're going to break. I just want us to take a, a, a drink of refreshing. Wow. But how many people, how many people got some level of breakthrough in your body right now? Just put your hand up high. Yeah, some level of breakthrough. Thank you, Father. God, we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Anybody get, anybody get, get breakthrough in an area that you had for uh, more than two years? You got some breakthrough in the area. I'm not going to have you come up. Just, just what part of your body, your neck, and how long? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Father. People get out of a wheelchair. Thank you, Father. We exalt you, exalt you, exalt you. I, I like to call that a ricochet miracle. Okay. Well, I just want you just take just take a drink of ref cool, refreshing water. We just gave out. Father, we just receive. Yeah, just let him refresh your soul. Just drink it in, Papa, in Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. Amen. 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 That's great. Thank you. Thank